On another exciting episode of the Ambition Deliberation Podcast, things are sizzling as we're finally hitting our season finale. We got Demon Slayer Season 3, Episode 11, A Connected Bond, Daybreak, and First Light. Right after these ads, we have no control over. Sing along if you know the words. One, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of a favorite action animated series, yeah. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. We're your hosts, I'm Zuhara Lee. And I'm Andrew Rogers. And we made it, bud. We made it to the end of the Swordsmith Village arc of Demon Slayer. But why did it have to be over? <laughs> 11 episodes, it's not enough. I have enough. similar feelings about this that I do with My Hero. That everything was done so well and so emotionally packed that I just kind of needed that. Okay. At least I know this is coming back soon. They're not pulling an attack on Titan on us. I can I can just relax now. <laughs> yes, that is the one true statement. And as much as I want to joke and be like, oh, it ended too soon. I did realize, even with 11 episodes, it's been nearly three months that we've been able to watch Demon Slayer every single mm-hmm. week. Not including the movie came out four months ago i mean movie yeah. premiere episode came out four months ago like we've been on this train for a good little chunk of time like all right maybe we do need a break maybe it's time for other things to appear but yeah yeah knowing that it's coming back is good even though there was a lot of questions from this that like it wasn't a cliffhanger but i still walked away being like i have so many things that need yeah. to be addressed <laughs> Yeah, it's similar to My Hero again, like I in case anybody hasn't caught up on that, I won't give spoilers, but just the way that they weaned out of it and the entrance of this new character was like the energy anticipation for something new, but still just kind of like we can breathe now because <laughs> breathing um, <laughs> because there's also a lot of anime slated that's coming out soon and they're spaced out very well. We got Jujutsu Kaisen coming out in two weeks as of today's recording. Oh my gosh, it's only two weeks. Oh my yeah. gosh. I started season one again. We got Fire Force season three, is it? Season three coming out. Uh, we have Attack on Titan at the end of the year. Now we have Secret Invasion for the Marvel side of things. So yes. it's not like we're shy of any content to keep us busy. And that's why I'm okay with having this break because they communicate so well. And because I know that I'm not going to have to like sit and wonder what's happening next. Like, I guess now we're just going to go into spoiler stuff, but I'm not talking about the episode directly yet. But the end of this. Okay, no. As soon as this episode ended, we got a teaser for what the next arc was going to be in promotional material right off the back with the Hashira training arc. And the images look stunning. The trailer had me so hype. And it's just kind of like, take your time because I know you're going to kill it. And I'm anxiously waiting this, what was it, March arrival, I think it was? I don't know. I don't think we have an official date. I do know they confirmed the season, but I don't think there was any like. And confirmed 2024. Yeah, I don't think they did anything of like, here's when you're actually going to be seeing it. If their track record stays the same, it should be early 2024 because they've been on a one year cadence. But they didn't say like, oh, here's what it's going to be. Here's how long it's going to be like. We don't know if it's going to be another 10 episode thing or not. So, yeah, they just said, all right, here's what's coming next. Yeah, I was. Two things that blew my mind about that trailer was one that Uzui was on it. 
So I guess mm-hmm. he really isn't allowed to quit. And I mean, we kind of knew that it was going to be a little bit questionable. Like, yeah. how far can he walk away, especially when they are in such a time of need? Like, it's yeah. not even like it's a little bit of, ah, we might be shorthanded by one or two people. No, they were shorthanded before. Now, well, he's shorthanded as well, but still yeah, aiding the way he that entertainment district ended and because of the revelations of this one i feel like the master is just on a high that he feels like we can finally go on the offensive and uh the second thing that blew me away with that trailer was the weapons the stone hashira's freaking chain and is it called a flail I don't and know if it's a flail or a mace or if there's some other term that we don't mace like and chain, actually chained mace. Let's just call it a chain mace before I say the wrong thing. And the fact that the serpent Hashira has a Chris, that is the sword that I have. It was what I was gifted when I got my black belt and Kali. There you so go. So seeing my sword on his hand was like, ooh, this is going to be fun. Uh, I'm expecting demonstrations at that point then. I'll send you my my black belt choreography for the time Ooh. being. But yeah, that's that sort of wicked cool. It's just got waves on it. KRIS, if anybody's interested in looking that up. Oh, yes. That's I figured out oh, the history lesson last spelling. week about how uh, Mitsuri sword is actually based off ancient Indian martial arts. That's that's on the Filipino realm. I really want to know. Just call it a flail now. Well, because I know there's a flail yep. and a mace, but I don't know what the difference between flail the two... is on a chain. Mace is on a handle. Oh, is mace just on a stick? OK, mm-hmm. ball know. on a stick, ball on a stick on a chain. Uh, one thing that I was very excited about that I almost impulsively did, but thankfully I didn't, was uh, the Demon Slayer takeover of Times Square, having all the images and the music and all that stuff playing the all the official content like came out for that. And it looked so, so cool. Just having everything take over all the screens there. Yes. Honestly, it seemed like I, everyone knew what was happening, obviously, but it was still very like surreal to kind of watch and like feel the energy through the videos of that happening. Mm -hmm. So cool. All right. So I guess that's it for preliminary stuff. We can, Hop onto the episode after I tell you, why aren't you drinking enough water? So, summer is here. Festival season, travel season, blazing heat season. And that is why you need to carry liquid IVs with you. This is something that I've been using almost every day for a few years now. It is a very convenient product. It's just one stick that has the powders that gives you all the essential vitamins that you need to stay hydrated. Especially somebody who meet like me who works outdoors and drives around for work a lot, you sometimes don't even realize not only how dehydrated you are, but sometimes like you think you're hungry when your body's just telling you that you're thirsty. And being able to just open up one of these packets and throw it in a bottle of water or whatever bottle of water you carry with you and chug it down like really helps understand kind of like just when you need to be hydrated. And it helps you not eat as much with that misunderstanding. So one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and most efficiently than water alone. It has 12 delicious flavors. 
including Concord Grape, Lemon Lime, Pina Colada, Tropical Punch, Watermelon, Strawberry, Passion Fruit, Guava, and Acai Berry. And they have new flavors with Sea Berry and Strawberry Lemonade. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and Vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of a traditional sports drink. Has not It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. I can't stress enough how helpful this product is, whether you're going to be partying at weddings a lot, whether you're going to be outdoors a lot, whether you're just a fitness buff or just trying to get back into the gym. Prioritize your health, stay hydrated, and the best way to do that is Liquid IV. So get 20% off your order when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code STAYWELMED at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code STAYWELMED at liquidiv.com. All right. Ready for a synopsis? Ready as I'll ever be, because I don't know if I can go uh, any longer without spoiler talk on this one. (laughs) Demon Slayer Season 3, Episode 11, A Connected Bond, Daybreak, and First Light. Tanjiro reaches the fleeing Hantengu by combining his Hinokami Kagura with Thunder Breathing's technique. As he severs his neck, Hantengu grows into Urami, a larger, aggressive clone of himself, and attacks him. Genya and Nezuko attack Urami, but he falls off a cliff. As Urami tries to find humans to devour, Tanjiro, using his combined techniques in the ancient sword provided by Muichiro, decapitates him. With Dawn approaching, he rushes back to Nezuko to protect her from the sunlight, only for her to reveal Umari is still alive, as it was not Hantengu, but his resentment's manifestation. Day breaks and Nezuko begins to burn. Without help, his sister... Dying in his arms and Urami still alive, Tanjiro freezes. Nezuko kicks him away and signals for him to kill the demon. Using his sense of smell, Tanjiro locates Hantengu, hiding inside Urami's heart, and slices it apart, exposing him to the sunlight. Hantengu relives his criminal human life as he is decapitated and burns to ashes simultaneously, saving an exhausted Mitsuri from... Zohakuten? Zohakuten. I feel like this was one of the first times we got his name, so apologize for that. Who disintegrates as well. As Tanjiro grieves his sister's death, he turns to see the still demon Nezuko no longer burning, to much relief and joy. Through Hantango's memories, Muzan realizes his goal to conquer the sun can be achieved by devouring Nezuko. It is revealed he was a sickly young man from the high end period enraged by his lack of recovery. He kills the doctor treating him, but realized his last treatment had enhanced his physical abilities and saved his life though has left him unable to walk in sunlight. Since then he has failed to find the doctor's last component, the blue spider Lily and resorted to creating demons in hopes that he, that one could conquer the sun in the battle's aftermath. Muichiro thanks Tanjiro for helping him regain his identity and Mitsuri embraces them for all surviving. As he leaves the village, the swordsmiths celebrate Tanjiro for saving them. So I feel like... I'm not trying to sound negative here. I feel like this episode didn't give us as much as I thought, but was long because it was adding emphasis to the emotions that it needed. Because, like, reading this synopsis right here does not add anything to how like emotional oh, no. And, no. and deep and like all these scenes were so like not much happened but, but there a was happened. a lot to it if that makes sense yes i feel like the amount of things that we saw 
was equivalent to what we would normally see in like a half hour, maybe 40 minute episode, but they extended so much of it and really went into the depths of like, okay, how is this going to make us feel? What is this going to mean for all of it going forward? So yeah, it, it was long to be a good thing, but I also think it was long in the fact that it was basically two episodes put together. If you look at uh, entertainment district, there was a big debate like, was it good or bad that they did the fight in the second to last episode? And then the last episode is tying up loose ends. This kind of did both of those just mm-hmm. in a longer format. So it's like, Oh, okay. This is just a best of both worlds situations where we can tie it up without feeling let down that. Oh, the finale was only Muzan's backstory or something like that. But okay, yeah. I was about to say, if this was two episodes, where would you split it? Well, if it was two episodes, I think it would have been a cliffhanger of right as you cut off Huntangu's head, like proper, like Huntangu dead, cut the episode there, and then finale episode, quote, finale episode would have been, hey, guess what? Nezuko's alive. And also, this is what it means for Muzan. Also, here's his backstory. Also, here's the celebration of Tanjiro. I feel like that that's what would have happened. And I wouldn't be that's surprised if they actually... Mine. I wouldn't be surprised if they wrote it as that originally and then just said, ah, but what if we put them together and air it all at once? Yeah, mine would have been when Muzan was having like was coming out of his like child body and had that revelation of like, oh, my God, there's another one. There's another one like that would have been like the cut for me. Mm, That's pretty good. Like, I don't think either is bad, but I think the best answer is what we got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, last week I was talking about how Twitter's finally understanding me and like throwing in some anime stuff along with the sports stuff. I regretted that instantly because I was at Awesome Con all weekend. And of course, like instinctively, I would just open up Twitter. And the first thing I saw was Thunder Breathing X Sun Breathing. I was like, what? Yep. Throughout the day, like instinctively, I would just open up Twitter and be like, stop doing that. I don't need to see any more about this episode. That's one thing I loved about My Hero was that it came out like at the crack of dawn. So by the time I was awake, the episode was there for Demons. So I have to wait until like the afternoon time to be able to watch it. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so I'm glad I don't have to deal with that till next year. But hopefully they just ha- come out earlier on the East Coast. Yeah, you're just going to have to put some blocks on Twitter on Sundays. But yeah, just log out entirely. Yeah, log out entirely. That's just a great first note to start on was the thunder breathing like they slid that in so much in all of this episode's emotion that like Tanjiro is at another level now mm-hmm. and I think it was really cool because I feel like this confirms the conversation we had earlier in the season of are the breathing forms actual things that we see or is it just a manifestation of their power? I think this all but confirms, okay, it's just for the viewers. It's a manifestation of the power because we didn't really see Tanjiro go into thunder mode. There was the Mm -hmm. occasional little bit of lightning, but even when he was doing his total concentration and didn't say thunder breathing, it was the same pose, the same movement, but it was still fire to show, oh, this is how we, make Tanjiro moves with fire, even though he's doing the exact same thing that Zenitsu taught him, which is so bizarre to say the word Zenitsu taught him anything, (laughs) like was not expecting him to make his appearance like that in this season. But it was awesome that he did because I kept being like, when is this leg going to come back? He broke it. He can't just keep running around. Yeah, you fully understand something when you can learn it, when you can observe it, learn it and teach it. 
and Zenitsu can only do one thing. So you know he really understands it because he just did all three. So, yay, Zenitsu. <laughs> Thank you for being useful this season. <laughs> uh, yes, but yeah, he... it was cool because we saw Tanjiro use Thunder Breathing twice. And the first one, he started with Thunder and then finished with Hinokami Kagura. And then the second time at the bottom of the cliff is when he f- did both at the same time. Yes. So that was just a really beautiful use of... And he did something similar with water in Hinokami Kagura when he was saving Hinatsuru in the Entertainment District arc. Correct, yeah. Because he tried doing one and it's like, this isn't working, but water is not going to do anything. Let me try mixing it together. And now we see the mix of... Uh, I, f- I forget the name of it too. I think it was like the Flashing Dance or something like that. I just remember being like super badass when he gave it a name. I was just like, this is how to Yeah, I think it's just a testament to, you know, we theorized at one point, oh, is Tanjiro going to become like the avatar of this universe and, you know, control all the elements? Mm-hmm. Well, now that we know that they're not really elements, it just makes more sense. Oh, he's going to learn from all these masters. And because he has the essentially the base form of all of the breathing styles, he's going to be able to learn all of these techniques. Even though he's not a trained thunder breather, he can use thunder breathing things. Even though he's not trained in sound, he's probably going to start using some fang and some sound things from Uzui. So I think it's just super cool to really round out the explanation. Possibly. I mean, he's just got that killer sense of smell. He's got that schnoz on him here. But like how he's evolved it to be able to use it for tracking and understand like, like, he used it as a freaking MRI just now. Like, actually seeing Hantengu I mean, inside of a heart of Urumi, I was like, whoa. We did have that, like, pretty much since season one, where he had to smell the traps that were set for him by the water-breathing master. Like, that was the whole, like, oh, he can smell really well. Yeah. That, that was when we first did it. But I agree. it has. We're seeing it honed in, like, very specifically now. Yes. He's grown. He's grown both in technique but also visually because uh those flashback scenes reminded me how much of a baby boy he was animated as in that first season mm-hmm. and how far he has come like there there's a stark difference and i was not prepared to actually like visually see how much of a difference there was in Tanjiro yeah. from season one to now even though it's only been like a couple years i think it's like what him being 14 to being 18 now or like 12 to 16 or something of that sort like we was about to say i don't think he's quite 18 yet i think we've had a significant jump i think there's been like a four-year lapse what no matter what the ages are i think it's been a four-year lapse between episode one and now because they emphasize all that recovery time that they need it's not like all right i'm magically better it's like no i still can't talk because i just got choked out i'm still tripping because i got my 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 ankle severed like the fact that all those things are a factor and matter is just absolutely incredible one quick thing i want to touch on with the sword and how insane his freaking swordsmith is is we got another little hint of something well two th- two little hints that we got from the opener is we see tokito throw the sword so now we know yes. that he was actually like passing it off when he was yelling because we've only heard him in like his like monotone low voice. I thought it was Zenitsu. I was like, how did he get over here? Yeah, I was like, like wait, is, like is Zenitsu going to save appearance? the day? Yeah, but no, it was just him like raising his voice for once. So between him throwing that and Nezuko's mouth guard being on the floor was like, oh, shit, we actually did get to see both of those things. 
Yeah, I mean, we've we've danced around it, but you said it. Nezuko just casually being alive. Yeah. I cannot believe it. They sold the heck out of her being dead. Like that flashback scene Fucking and how long, yeah, how long Tanjiro was in the air was just oh, it was a level of like full emotion tears just like wow, they're really going to do this. Like I didn't I didn't see a way out. I didn't see anything that was going to possibly save her, maybe Genya, but it was still very much like no, we we have to say goodbye like we thought Dark Deku was bad. I think Dark Tanjiro, if Nezuko had actually died, was going to be insane. Because I was oh, like, I need that what if series. <laughs> I was assuming, oh, Nezuko's going to die, and the next season is just going to be Tanjiro going from Muzan's head. Like yeah. that was going to be what was happening. And I, I'm, I'm happy that it came out this way, and it does create an interesting story, even if it was a bit too easy like i was like oh we just had to burn her demon away like what actually happened she could just talk mm-hmm. now like there was there was a lot that was left open but i can't complain because i think had we lost nezuko you were also losing viewers of the show yeah. <laughs> like she is an integral part and i'm so happy she's still here but i don't think any show has sold a death yeah. quite as well as this in in a while which is another reason the episode had to be so long, because like I said, it was the weight of the emotions that this se- that this episode needed, not so much things happening. So to be able to have those flashbacks and just kind of show like we needed to see Tanjiro that angry, like he was still mission focused after the decision was taken away from him. Like that contemplation yes. and him actually screaming, I don't know what to do. I can't decide. It's what I said about Mitsuri last week is like seeing our heroes make mistakes and have to make decisions and not know what's right and have these like moral battles with themselves is stuff that superhero things are starting to do more and audiences aren't able to appreciate because they're so used to the good guy just being right and winning all the time. Like content these days have more gray area. And it's amazing to see, like to see him struggle to that extent, to the point where the only reason that the Hashira haven't killed Nezuko and the and that the master hasn't ordered him dead is because she's supposed to be fighting for humanity. Right. So she understands, like we only got this far because I'm helping the Demon Slayer Corps. This is how I'm going to do it, and she does that by making Tanjiro's decision for him. Because this is why she's there. This is why they're there. And for him to have that decision made for him and then to go back into mission ready of he's getting close to those three. I need to move now because there's nothing else to contemplate. And the rage, the pure rage on his face of I'm fucking done with you. You're dead. Was incredible to see. And that's why they had to sell it so hard because as as focused as he was, he was beyond heated. Yeah, no, it was heated. It was emotional. And just him grieving on the ground after the fact was more of selling it. Like even when they switched the camera kind of to what would become Nezuko's POV, I didn't know who it was. I was like, is it going to be Genya walking up with the body? Is yeah. it going to be, you know, Mitsuri finally coming and being like, Oh, what happened to Nezuko? Like they sold it so well that you weren't expecting to turn and see her. And 
it, it just layered it in more because you realize, oh, he did all of that for her. He's even saying it in that moment. Like, she's the reason I came this far. She's the reason I joined the Demon Slayer Corps. And yeah, it was so heavy and so emotional, but just in the in the right way. Like, I yeah. don't know how to say it any better. Like, you just, you fell in love with these this brother and sister all over again that it didn't matter how hurt he was. He was trying his best to get up and go to her mm-hmm. even. And even throughout that fight, they were still the brother sister duo of her, like pointing over his shoulder. Like, no, you have to save those people. You can't just come yeah. like help me get out of the sun. But yeah, I, I cannot believe how far she's come of that. Like she's still in this childlike state, but she understands what is at risk that it's humanity. It's not just her. I like that the other lady demon emphasized that too when she was writing her research report in regards to like there's a reason that she's staying as a child. There's something that like she's telling herself to be able to focus on this. And I know like what gets her to calm down is thinking of her mother singing to her. And even like one of the things that popped up on Twitter was um, their fight with Ruby, the spider family and how like her mom came to her to say like, you have to protect Chandra, wake up, wake up, wake up. So there's this innocence of her being loved by her mother. That's really keeping her in check right now. And I want to know if they emphasize that on that further down. Yeah. My guess as to what it was is um, her mind is focused on saving Tanjiro, keeping Tanjiro Mm -hmm. safe. Like that's where she is. So her mind is so preoccupied with that, that she can't, you know, age and go forward and, you know, make more happen. It's just going to be this child like Nezuko, which I think is still fun. Like, even though she can talk, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a new character all of a sudden. That's going to have dialogue all the time. It's going to be little things coming out of her similar to her non-vocal performances, where it's going to be a lot of pointing and emotion and shouting and different things like that. So it's still going to have the core of the character, but, now she just doesn't have to have a muzzle and it gets, I'm sure it's going to create some amazing fun moments that aren't just, you know, faces with two dots on it anymore. It's going to be, you know, little oh jabs God, the coming fact out of that it. Still when she was talking to, um, when she was talking to Muichiro and like every time Muichiro moved his head, like she was still mimicking that. <laughs> this is so cute. <laughs> yeah. Same old Nezuko just hanging out. Yeah, seeing Uitra's reaction with them and just the level of respect that he has for Tanjiro and thanking him, even though he didn't understand, was really beautiful to see. But when Mitsuri comes in, she was like, we did it, guys! We survived! But just the way that she was freaking out, like, I was kind of underwhelmed with how that ended because they added the comedic spin to it, but it was still just really good of her freaking like, I almost died! But then the relief of, like, Oh, we got him. And then she was hugging Genya and Tokuto, which was really funny because Genya was just like, had all the blood rushed to his head. But yeah, he was a little heated. The excitement of seeing Nezuko and then flipping out when she spoke. That's just the one line. And I wish I could remember. I tried looking it up just now, too. The Japanese line. Uh, Just her shock. And then with how much love that those two have for each other as practically sisters now was just absolutely beautiful and Tandro being as broken as he was was just riding as it goes back again like I yeah you guys hug because you will crack something if you touch me right now yeah is it the end of a demon slayer season if we don't 
get the chance to see Tanjiro on Nezuko's back. I feel like yeah. that's just a staple <laughs> at this point of like, oh, yeah, the fight's over. So this is what's going to happen. But nobody yeah, died. Nobody died. And I agree it was a bit anticlimactic with the uh, turn that they took. But I also think it was interesting the amount of stuff that once again, it felt like they left out. We kind of talked last season, like we never got to see him say goodbye to Uzui. And they did that again when he was leaving the village and leaving everyone. I was like, he didn't say goodbye to Mitsuri or ask Genya what was going on with his demon or any. I definitely need a little more clarification on that. Yeah, there was just somebody like, oh, Tanjiro's leaving the village again. Do, 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 do. I was like, there's so many things. What do you mean? You just saved all these lives alongside your brothers like are they okay i'm assuming that like we're not gonna see or not gonna have muichiro die off screen but he was pretty worse for wear the last time we saw him so that, that like was they helped really... they healed up and left the village a lot sooner than tanjiro could yeah i that was a, I'm sure they another, had to like, like get back and report yeah i was wondering if they like, because they didn't show any sort of passage of time, but it felt like there was a decent passage of time because Tanjiro no longer had a hole in him. And like, yeah, he couldn't walk, but it was still very much like he was better than he was at the end yeah. of this fight. Yeah, it was really sweet how they just gave him the cart and the way that they were celebrating him on the way out. Um, Mentioning Genya, seeing him catch on fire too by Nezuko like had me scared for him for a little bit yeah he did not get to apply much to this episode but what he did apply was awesome in my opinion mm -hmm. um, because we skipped kind of to the middle because that's where the big chunk of things was but I do want to go back to the beginning that opening scene a it set the tone in terms of animation we haven't talked about it at all but holy crap did they pull out the stunners in this episode all of the scenery the trees and the mountain range with the sun coming over it they just yeah. did not pull their punches but um that opening scene it was so extraordinarily reminiscent of mugen train and i mm -hmm. don't know how to read into it in terms of like oh what parallels they're going for but just tanjiro shouting after a demon running through the forest being like, don't be a coward. You need to face what you've done. Felt so similar to him chasing off Akaza after he killed Rangoku. And instead of throwing a sword, you have Genya coming in, throwing trees to try and hit him. It just, it was all so many similar notes that I was just like, they've grown because there's now a team of people doing this as opposed to just Tanjiro being emotional. Like, no, he's going to get him. He's not going to let him escape again. And I thought that was a really cool parallel, even if not necessarily what they were going for. I was getting extreme vibes of that exact feeling again. Teamwork, dreamwork. Oh, heck yeah. And this is the yeah. best team. I don't think I have too much to add to that. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how much of other characters at their level we'll see because they don't really talk about the ranks much so it's like i can't even remember what they're called or how they go well so if we're going to talk about ranks i do i'm going to fan theory a bit with you here and i want your opinions on this so i have not watched the trailer for the next season yet and you mentioned it is called the hashira training arc mm -hmm. do we think that means tanjiro is getting promoted because that was the one thing at the end of this that i was like how does this boy not get promoted 
after this. Yeah. Because I, I we've talked way back, the way that someone gets promoted to Hashira is either killing 50 demons or killing a member of the 12 Kizuki. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned at the start of the season, he did not get promoted to Hashira because he had help from Uzui. Like Uzui was actually the one that did a good chunk of the beheading and stuff to kill Daki Gitaro. and Giataro. Thank you. But this was a lot Tanjiro. Tanjiro was the one that took out Hantegu. Yes, he couldn't have done it without Mitsuri's help to distract hatred, but like... And Genya when they were fighting for... Yeah, I, I don't know. There's still like an argument to be made that this would not... Like, Mitsuri would have died had it not been for Tanjiro actually beheading the demon on time. Yeah. So do we think that's why it's called the Hashira training arc? Like, is he becoming a Hashira or is he just training with more of the Hashira? So James Ellis's email kind of helps with this too. Yeah. Uh, James Ellis, just one sentence. The demon mark will get explained in the next arc, but it's basically an adrenaline boost for the Slayers. We haven't seen all of the Hashira use this. So I feel like we are going to see that to an extent. Like I said, I feel like this is the first time that the Demon Slayer core feel like they can go on the offensive. And I think they're going to make, they're going to start having the Hashira push each other and really like bulk each other up. So I think we're, you know, like in Black Clover, when they had the captain's battle, like the tournament with four, I think that's what we're getting with the Hashira. Oh, so it's just going to be Hashira just duking it out being like, we got to train more. Like we're going to see, I think we're going to get a lot of them being highlighted individually and then how, like they're going to set like a really high bar. Like we're asking like, how is Tanjiro not a Hashira yet? I think this arc is going to answer that because they're going to show us like what all the Hashira are fully capable of. And I would love to do that because no offense to, I mean, they're fictional characters, but I'll preface anyway, no offense to Mitsuri and Muichiro. I don't feel like they were as over the top impressive as seeing Rengoku and Uzui was. And maybe that's because we were still kind of new to the Hashira idea, but like it felt like they were on the same playing field as Tanjiro was throughout the season. And I think that's why the question is in my head of like, okay, when is it his turn? So I would love to go back to the basics, be like, all right, here's actually the skill difference between us kid like watch and learn so from the rankings uzui is actually the weakest of them all right i do remember that and that's number six and that's the weird thing because like uzui felt more powerful than mitsuri and muichiro did and maybe that's because we didn't get to highlight them as much this season like, Muichiro's fight was such a joke because he was so powerful, so he doesn't feel powerful. Yeah, like, Muichiro... That's the weird problem. Muichiro also had a loner sword. That's true. And we saw, like, how Tanjiro, like, wasn't able to cut through with his loner sword either. So, like, the weapons that they used were definitely a factor in that. Okay, yeah, I mean, I could believe it. I just want... Give me more. Make make them more impressive. Make it over the top. Yeah. Or maybe this is just to show that the skill gap is closing a little bit. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. So we have in in order of this first list that I pulled up, it's Tengen, Shinobu, uh, Rengoku, Mitsuri, uh, Igoro, the Serpent Hashira, Muichiro, the Mist, 
Giyu, the water, Sanami, the wind, and then Gyome, the stone. Is the most okay. powerful. Yeah, and I, I know we talked about that because I think that was part of like why Uzui is so flashy and he still uses smoke bombs and poisons is because like he's making first. up for not being quite as good of a swordsman as the rest of them. Which kind of what I said about the the upper, whatever the uh, Gyoko, like uh, he's more Kizuki. of a stealth guy and sneak attack guy. Yes. Which is why he got quote unquote taken out easier. Yeah. Okay. I can work with that. And at the same time, the Hashira are going to have to pull themselves together because even if Hantengu and Kyoko were not as over the top as the rest, we know what Akaza is capable of. And there's mm-hmm. still two other demons above him that we don't know what they're capable of. So that's even more terrifying to know that like there, there's really four major demons left and they are all the most terrifying things that we have seen. Mm-hmm. so yeah I think I think we're in for a lot I think we're in for more and I feel like there's something I'm forgetting from this episode but god there was so much that just happened I mean, we haven't touched on the Muzan part of it at all yet there you go see I'm I'm like I'm forgetting <laughs> something it's Muzan. I, I tried to split those two intentionally too because I felt like that was just a, a decent split but yeah it was interesting to see his backstory and the fact that he's evil just for the sake of being evil yeah, it's interesting that he's evil, but it's also like, I love this explanation that they're not really demons. We're categorizing them as demons because, like, that's what the people of the world, you know, say they are. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only way they can explain it to themselves. It's like, oh, it's a demon, but, like, it's really a disease because, yeah. oh, I have the same blood as this man. That's how you would spread a disease mm-hmm. in someone's blood. And okay, that means it's really the start of a zombie light. movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it essentially is something along those lines. And yes, there's something bigger in the magic of their like blood demon arts. But at the end of the day, it's not like the standard. Oh, the demon came from hell and is wreaking havoc because of that. Like, no, it's just a man who wanted more power and yeah. tried to take it. And then, created an army for himself essentially because like more blood made him more powerful do we so do we think he was the first demon that's how i read it was like he was the first demon and then he started spreading it to others so that he could create more demons to hopefully find the cure or the one that could walk in the sun which also is another yeah I know I can't remember how long ago I called it, but I know there was a podcast where I was like, what if Muzan's whole thing is he's trying to get in the sunlight so that he can fight the humans in the daytime and turns out not how I thought we were going to get there, but we got there somehow folks. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember you saying like, imagine how terrifying he'd be if he could be out in the sun. Yeah. And I like the callback that we had to the citizen that he Claude to distract Tondro. Yes. And the fact that he's okay now, it's like, oh, we're getting cures now too. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure, because... like the amount of time that you've had the disease is a factor in it. But the fact that we're like expanding on it is very fascinating. Yeah, and it was interesting that they were able to cure the man, but there was nothing about the demon woman curing herself. Like she didn't seem to be better. Again, I think the duration's a factor. I, I think there's a lot at play. And 
and I think they will explain it more, but like Nezuko basically being like this anti-demon definitely seems to have something going on. If you want to equate it back to being a virus of some kind, she would have the antibodies or the way to like keep herself cured. But yeah, it was... I think it was her not consuming people that might have been a factor. Her not being somebody who consumes people and being the descendant of a sun breather are two things that I think are going to have something to do with it. I think it's definitely the sun breathing because it's like, I mean, there was the direct line in the woman's letter that was, I think Nezuko is going to be able to conquer the sun. And Mm -hmm. that feels very much the parallel to, Oh, Tanjiro, Mm -hmm. the sun breather. She is also of the sun breathing lineage and what that means for her. We don't really know, but I think it's, I think it's an awesome through line because like Nezuko should have special powers. She's still like, Tanjiro's sister she shouldn't yeah. be out of this picture just because she's a demon like no she should have the powers hmm. but it makes yeah. me question like the correlation between Muzan sickness and the master's sickness because they've been cursed for generations now yeah I mean maybe maybe it's the same sickness but the master has refused to take the medicine because he like knows, oh, this is what could happen. I could see or something. Or he takes the medicine sense. not to change. May, or maybe it's that. Like maybe the curse that like maybe he was attacked by Muzan and got some of his blood, but somehow managed to resist becoming a demon. And that's why he's dying is because like, this well, has there's to be nothing like. Else his great, 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 great grandfather or something, because this, they, they talk about how it's like a lineage thing. Yeah. There's so many layers to that, that we've, I know we've argued on it because it's not clear. Like they Deliver- say things. <laughs> yes. Sorry. It, it is both a deliberation and a conversation, but the blue spider. Yeah, I don't, I'm very intrigued that, like, that just is now thrown away. Like, the whole, I don't need a blue spider lily anymore, I just need Nezuko. If it's a factor for the master, though. It could be a or factor for the master. for the lady demon to make some type of cure or some type of, like, something to, something to weaponize and use against Muzan. Yeah. I don't need just going to throw it out that easily. I think the... I think who's going to need it is going to be the factor. Yeah, it it feels like it's something there, but I feel like it's definitely the idea that we. All right, we had a little bit of technical difficulty and lost Andrew, but thankfully we didn't have too much else to add to that. Anyways, we had a phenomenal season three. Excellent animation, excellent music, excellent sense of emotion. So we are very excited for season four, the Hashira training art to be coming out. Sooner than later, again, we love Ufotable and their ability to communicate with us, so we will try to be as patient as possible as this new season come out. We would love your feedback of the whole series. I know some people are waiting for all of it to be out. Some people are waiting for the dub to come out at whatever pace you guys are watching. We hope you enjoyed the season. We hope you enjoyed our coverage of it. Please leave us a review, five-star preferably. And as always, give us some feedback so we can talk about it. If a lot of people reach out, we'll definitely do a whole episode set for that. Otherwise, keep an eye out for the This Week in Animation segments that we do when there's news to cover. 
If you want to reach out to us on any of our social media, then Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are the places to go. Just look up Animation Deliberation, and I'm sure you'll find us. Aside from that, um, I know Andrew had some appearances on source pages for the comic coverage of Flashpoint. We are going to have our coverage with the source pages host to do Flashpoint Paradox versus the Flash movie. And for Jay Scotty, check out Multiverse News every week on Stranded Panda. And actually, you can catch a video version of that on Spotify and YouTube. So be sure to check that out. And Binger's Assemble for the Mission Impossible coverage that's going on before the theater release of that. Uh, as for me, check out 323 with Reed Murphy. We got to do our panel at AwesomeCon. That whole hour and a half uh, panel is going to be on YouTube soon. I got some video footage of some of the incredible artists that we have over there. And we even had our Sunday hangover just kind of talking about our favorite things about it. Top five Disney songs. And just a bunch of other great content. So thank you as always for supporting us. Thank you for checking in. Be sure to tune in next time. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. And as always, stay whelmed. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. <laughs>